Hello everyone, this is Vikas again and today I'm here recapping year one of the Run With Fit page. 57 episodes and you would have seen the statistics we posted about our episodes from the last year. 43,000 of you who we were able to reach out to and thank you so much that you listen to us patiently is not it's not an easy feat. And we are so, so thankful for all of you to be with us and more importantly, for believing in us that we make sense. You know what? When I started this podcast, I was slightly skeptical. I was skeptical whether I'll be able to pull it off or not. And that is when the team came together and said, let's try to take RBB steps and we will see how it goes. And it just seems like at the end of one year, we are only getting started. When I left my job from investment bank in 2017, and then subsequently I worked for a media and a scaling company, what I realized that the real value add was not in the boardrooms. It was rather when you met people outside in the cafeteria on a run or when you are traveling and you were able to speak with them on the points of fitness, nutrition, and just basic science of movement. And that added so much value to people. Taking cue from there, we decided to make the whole living out of it. And that is why we started FitPage. As most of you already know, FitPage is not something that is business. It is something that's a lifestyle. We believe in the science of movement and the more you move, the better you sleep, the more satisfied we are. When I was leaving my investment banking work, not that I was doing investment banking, but the work that I did in the investment bank, people thought I was almost crazy. I came from Chicago booth and it all looked like a dream job that I was doing. But then I was trying to see, am I really making a difference at large to people? Who need it the most. In India today, we have about 3 million people who complete at least one run in the year. Almost 3 million people annually running is not an easy game, right? I remember about 10 years ago, we used to have less than 100,000 people in all runs and races recreationally also put together. But today, from there, it has gone to about 3 million people. But hey, what are we celebrating? Today, we have more than 150 million lifestyle diseases, obesity and overweight conditions, and, and possibly one in every eight person in the country is either obese, overweight, or dealing with at least one lifestyle disease. Then what are we celebrating? I could be running a lot. I could be healthy. I could be fit, but that's not the case with most others, right? All of you, most of you who are listening to me, I think such is the case, right? You are healthy, you are fit, touch wood. But then, how many more can we help? That's the aim. That's the objective, isn't it? I don't want to run a podcast and just keep talking to speakers and listen to their great stories and do nothing about it. I want all of us to come together and actually make a difference. 
43,000 people who listen to this podcast through the year at some point, that's a community. It's a large community. If I could, without any promotions, without any sponsorship, could reach out to 43,000 people. And if all of you reached out to just 10 people, it will be 430,000 people, isn't it? Another half a million. Won't that be fun? And then think of the network externality effect. Think of the ripple effect that it will have. The positive causation, the help that it will create on the health and fitness of people will be exceptional. And so at the end of this year, at the end of our first year, at the end of 57 episodes that we have run by, I want to urge all of you, if you're able to give back for the sake of movement, for the sake of running, for the sake of walking, for the sake of healthy living, please do. Please reach out to at least 10 of others who are in the family, who are in our friend circle. Can we influence them enough? Can we make them feel good enough that they are inspired to get started? Set a fitness goal this year. I was speaking with someone and uh, she said, hey, it's been two months and I didn't even realize it's already been March now and I had a new year resolution and it did not work. And then we chatted like, really? It's just been two months. You have still 10 months left to go for this year. And if you try really hard, 10 months is really, really long time for you to be able to make a sustainable, visible, significant health and fitness difference in your life. Right? So guys, let's all of us go out and get people to get started. At least let them move for 30 minutes. And that is where our podcast started. I remember last year on 23rd of Feb, when I was speaking with Rick Prince, the founder of Yuska, he talked about how to take baby steps on their endurance journey, on the walking journey, on the running journey. How should one select shoes? How should one start walking or running? How should one breathe? Just the very basics. Aren't they really important? To me, they are. Up until the age of 25, I possibly did not know what is a stride. I would get injured almost all the time, go buy fancy shoes, and they're not necessarily helping me, etc. And Rick really, really, he, he broke all of those points down, and then he helped people. He said, hey, this is how you make a difference. And trust me, it's one of the top three podcasts on our channel that's been played since then. As we progressed, I had the pleasure of speaking with Jason Fitzgerald, the founder of Strength Running and Strength Running Podcast, extremely popular podcast. And he talked about the first three months of running. He talked about the first three months of baby steps. How do you take them? Think about it. These guys are busy guys, right? They do not have time to just keep talking, but they are taking out an hour from their lives for free. And at our request, they're coming and telling really, really loudly and clearly that, guys, get started. Walk, run. If nothing else, rest, walk and run. Do whatever you like, but please move for your own sake. Right? Let's get that tummy moving. It is not going to be in your favor. We know for sure, regardless of how much money you make. And so, can we please, for the sake of our own organs, get started with moving? As we progressed during the podcast, we then talked about a number of 
inspirations. I remember speaking with Sarah Hall. She is an epitome of resilience, consistency, running for decades and not giving up, right? She talked about her growing up, coaching in Rand Hall, how she, can, she could make comebacks every time she was falling. I remember some of her did not finish races and I would text Ryan that, hey, I'm sorry, I saw this, but uh, every time I will see that next time, Sarah will be competing right at the front. I can, I can still visualize the, the race where she was racing in London Marathon and it looked like if it was another mile or so, she would have even come first. She came second that day, but it was an amazing, amazing race where she ran for her life. I remember a conversation with Dave McGillivray. He went through a heart surgery. Dave is the, the existing race director of Boston Marathon, one of the most prestigious races in the world. And he talked about how the comebacks are ought to be bigger, larger, stronger than your setbacks. He talked about his heart surgery and how he recovered from there and then went on to run every possible race, Ironman, every endurance challenge you could think of. How can I forget Dick Beardsley? In the discussion with him, he talked about his journey when he was the winner, he was the joint winner of the very first London Marathon. That was not as important, actually. What I really liked more, even more, was his struggle to recover, to overcome his issues from drug addiction and how he was making a living, how he was struggling with all of these, how he was um, going through his depressive and anxiety-led conditions back then and how he came back, right? Each time, like Dave says, the comebacks are supposed to be stronger than the, the setbacks, isn't it? Moving forward, I had chance of speaking with Molly Huddle. Molly's amazing, isn't it? She's a two-time Olympian. And uh, she's one of the most outstanding, inspiring athletes I would have ever spoken with. And she beautifully narrated that, hey, she was not from an exceptional family. She thought her father was a hero, like how all of us, we think of our parents, our father to be hero. And she would follow him and she started running and she started running better. She continued to be consistent and here she became one of the best runners of all times. What I'm trying to say through all these conversations that, look, it's not as difficult if you put your mind to it, if you set a goal that moderately difficult to start with, you put your milestones, you know how you're able to break these points down whenever you're feeling down and you think that you cannot achieve those goals and you put in efforts consistently, you will go about doing that. I'm sure most of us struggle with our fitness goals all the time, right? And sometimes we are able to lose that weight a little and we feel good about it. But it's only a matter of time and it comes back again. So how do we address these? We have to be able to get a sustainable, consistent lifestyle and put in the effort to make sure that movement is a part of it. Movement is a heart of our life. If that is not the case, it's only a matter of time that you will be at a place that you will not like. That is 
either sedentary, in bed, and God forbid at times in the hospital too. I'm sure none of us want it. Look, I do not want at the end of the first year this conversation to be a preaching session. But what I want to reflect upon that all of these points are so achievable and they are so small that at times we just we, we want to ignore it. Right? We don't work out this morning. We say, okay, let's go do it tomorrow because today we are too busy. Actually, we aren't. I remember when I launched Walk to Weight Loss Plan, that is a 30 minutes podcast and uh, six days a week and 12 weeks program. I remember we, we started with a small group of people and they just kept following that, uh, the podcast and they were listening and walking and running. The first thing that I asked them was that hey, all I need is one and a half day of your lifetime. That is all for you to get fitter, like 30 minutes a day, six days a week for 12 weeks. I would definitely, definitely help you impart a habit for life that will not only reduce your bills of medical expenses, your uh, hospital bills, but also that will make you feel better, that will help you live better, that will help you sleep better. Coming to the point of sleep, isn't that one of the most precious points when we sleep really, really well and next day we wake up refreshed? But isn't that also one of the biggest issues today? And that is what I was able to discuss with Amy Bender, who beautifully talked about her research in the area of sleep. She's one of the leading researchers in the world. And she talked about whether circadian rhythm and how that plays a role, whether exercises, role of caffeine, the impact of having a cold shower, making your room really, really cool, impact of having a hot shower, making your room really, really cool, and having the, the blind curtains, how all of these come to help you to sleep better and in lieu, improve the quality of your own life. That was exceptional. Again, I want to repeat, guys, the conversations that you have had gone through in the past and the notes you have taken, I'm immensely, immensely grateful. But today, I don't want to tell you to keep listening to these podcasts. I want to tell you to please, please disseminate this information to others. If you know that one gram of fat produces 9 kilocalories of energy versus protein and carbohydrate. One gram of that produces 4 gram of kilocalorie. Please talk about it to people so that it makes sense to them too. Why fat has dense energy versus carbon protein? It's just, just one small layman example that I'm giving. But I'm trying to say all of these will only make sense when people around us are equally, equally healthy and fitter. In the conversations that I've had with the researchers, with the professors, with athletes who have played Olympics, who have gone on to create world records, one of the things I saw that they were not only talented, but they were exceptional. But then here comes the other side. How people like us who are recreational athletes, who do not have as much time, whose day job is not to work out for eight hours and eat and sleep. How should they be able to 
look at adapting to that lifestyle or how can they learn a thing or two from their lifestyle. And then I decided to speak with some of the exceptional athletes who are recreationally athletes, but they are full-time students, full-time employees, full-time moms, or full-time businessmen. I remember my conversation with Kavita Reddy, our own Pune-based, an amazing, amazing athlete and extremely humble, where she talked about her journey. She's a mother and she started her running journey in late 30s. And today in India, she's one of the best recreational athletes in the country. Here, if you see, her journey is nothing different than the Olympians. She has put in a similar number of hours of workouts. The speed may be slower, the pace may be slower, but the efforts are the same. Similar principles, isn't it? It's applicable to the Olympians and to the recreational athletes alike. I remember my conversation with Yash in one of the podcasts. Yash, as we speak, is studying at Chicago Booth. He and I spoke about five years ago. And I remember in his uh, one of the essays he had written that his marathon timing was three hours, 10 minutes or so. And uh, I told him that, hey, even the accounting prof there does a sub three, so you better be faster to be able to make a dent when you go to Chicago booth. And a few years down the line, he today is uh, inching towards two hours, 45 minutes as we speak. And he has not only been an athlete, he went to booth, so you can imagine how talented he is. He has worked with VC firms. He has worked in corporate finance roles. He has done some amazing work as a CA. So what I'm trying to say, is that you can have a full-time role as a student. You can be really, really good in studies as well as in works. You can still be able to take care of your own aspirations so long as you're driven enough to make a difference, isn't it? And that's how Yash is he's doing an amazing job. I also spoke with Runar. He is a 41-time finisher of New York Marathon. He is not an Olympian, but to me, he's nothing less than an Olympian. Being able to run consistently for more than four decades is not funny, isn't it? And he not only does that, but he has created huge impact in the running community. He runs a very successful Facebook group that talks about TCS New York Marathon, all about it. And... Uh, what are the logistics, when the race opens. Basically, he's giving back to community. And I refer to his page a lot more than I actually refer to the New York Marathon's website for the marathon itself. I also very fondly remember my conversation with Chris Fennell. Chris, he's another outstanding recreational athlete. Chris is the world record holder of maximum consecutive sub-three hours marathons in the same world major that is in London Marathon. I, I remember he talked about one of the instances where he actually broke his arm while running the marathon. He still finished it. Talks about his determination, his grit. Isn't it outstanding? I can't do sub-three even today. I've done only once in my life. And 
he has been doing sub three hour marathon for more than three decades now. And actually in almost every race, he does a sub three. What I'm trying to say here is that if you want something really, really good, if you want something with lot of passion and you're driven and you are committed to put in the effort that it requires to get there, no one can stop you. But here today, like I said, the discussion today is different. I don't want us to do it for our sake. I want us to do it for the sake of others around us. I'm sure at workplace, we meet a few colleagues who are not as fit. At home, parents need help. In our friend circle, some other people who need help. Can we tell them the basics of movement? Can we guide them to get started? All it takes is 30 minutes of walking and jogging for you to get in a better shape than where you were yesterday, isn't it? All it takes is about 150 minutes of workouts at moderate intensity. That is at conversational pace every week for your heart to be healthier, right? Who doesn't want to take care of their cholesterol? Who doesn't want to take care of their type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes, and blood pressure issues? And most of these can be to some extent managed, isn't it? Every research shows that movement-based endurance activities, fitter lifestyles, are one of the primary reasons how you can avoid so many of these issues that are led by our lifestyle stress situations, sleep issues, food choices, etc. Isn't it? There's another point I want to talk about, nutrition. There's another episode that I forgot to mention earlier, and that's really, really important. Panchali and I, we talked about all about nutrition, starting from, starting from the basics of macronutrients, that's protein, fat, and carbohydrate, and all about micronutrients, how to make less calorie-dense nutrition choices, how to select your food groups, when to eat, how much to eat, what's the role of quantifying your food. We discuss all of these for about two hours, I remember. I could not have thought of anything more comprehensive on nutrition than what Panchali did during the conversation. I would urge you to maybe refer to some of those if you have not done, or if you have done it already, maybe tell a few other people who would benefit so much, right? Who doesn't want to know how to read a nutrition level, isn't it? Running is just not running. Running is not about just getting that training hack and go and do your PR. PRs happen when we do really, really small, boring, monotonous things over a period of time, regularly, consistently, without giving up. When we put in our effort, when everybody else is sleeping, and put that effort over a period of time. We are almost ready and we are going live with our application, FitPage. But you know how we have tried to make a difference? We have said we are not looking at anything that's sponsored, anything that doesn't make sense from science perspective. And that is why we decided to base almost everything on endurance, on movement science, because that is not only really effective for people to get fitter, but it's also one of the most accessible facilities in the world. All you need is a pair of shoes and possibly some sweat-free t-shirts, right? That will possibly allow you to wick moisture better 
and possibly not get chafing. So long as you have that and you have an application or a watch, you can get started, walk or run anywhere at your convenience. You do not have to or you do not need to get to a gym to work out. Just simply do it at your own leisure at the decided paces that will help you reach that goal. Isn't it, isn't it really, really what we wanted to do all the time to be able to give back? to be able to actually communicate with the society that, hey, you matter, you really matter. Not that, hey, we go and sell an ACB and say apple cider vinegar makes so much sense to you or you should only have olive oil or uh, maybe have fat-free food or you should get rid of your white sugar, have, uh, have possibly brown sugar and things like those. Instead of that, we said, let's get the core fixed. If you're core is in order, that is the basics of nutrition, the basics of movement, the basics of sleep, you are significantly better than most other people almost all the time around you, provided you have a sense of competition. If not, it will be extremely fulfilling and enriching to yourself. Isn't that cool? To me, I find it extremely fascinating that I'm able to speak to 43,000 of you, and I'm able to make a difference in the lives of some of you at least. Isn't it cool? Like I said earlier, it's end of one year for us, but to me, we are just warming up. And warm-up is as important as the main workout. Our marathon starts now. We are getting started on our marathon journey, 26.2 or 42.198 kilometers now right after the brief warm-up of one year, and I promise you a decade load of content going forward. I promise you really inspiring athletes, speakers, corporate executives, researchers who have made a difference to their own lives, and equally, they are able to give you back in very specific, quantified senses. And we also promise you to keep entertaining you. I do not promise you a dance show or a music show, but I do promise you a lot of myth-busting. Guys, that's a wrap for today. I spoke so much. You will see some changes through this year as we invite a number of speakers, but you will see equal excitement and loads of content each time. If there is any feedback, and by the way, if you have not provided a review, I'm not very happy. Please, guys, I just keep talking to this mic. Please do me a favor. At least give us a review and talk about it. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And I swear, we'll stop that. Jokes apart, we would love to hear from you. And if there is anything that we can do meaningfully, if we can do anything to make it better, we would love to hear from you. With that, I'm signing off. And like I have said in almost all previous conversations, I'm available at almost all media channels, social media channels, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or maybe you can email me, Vikas at the redfitpage.in, and you will find me extremely responsive. With that, eat less, move more, and let's speak again next week. Good luck, guys. Bye.